Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. In a week where Boris Johnson has said, in the light of the new Covid scare, that he cannot guarantee an exemption on isolating for elite athletes returning from events abroad, such as the Champions League, for instance. Premier League clubs, though, think they may have found a loophole that will satisfy Mr Johnson's idiosyncratic priorities. Both Man City and Liverpool are having their Christmas parties next week. Liverpool in Milan and Man City in Leipzig. (laughs) Did you see this week that Emmanuel Macron described Boris Johnson as a clown and a knucklehead? Excellent. And apparently Anglo-French relations at the worst since Waterloo, which is when the Duke of Wellington described Napoleon as that runty little fucker. Did he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But talking about COVID, it was also a week in which uh, Benfica's game with Belenenses was abandoned because Belenenses were down to six players shortly after half-time. They'd started with nine, including a goalkeeper playing as an outfield player, because they had so many players out with COVID. We could be looking at the start of a new variant where the stadiums are full, but there's no one on the pitch. But this is the, the, this new variant, there are only 13 cases of it in Portugal <laughs> and they all are players for Belenenses play yeah because they had a South African player come back from a friendly oh, the week before and yeah so <laughs> a real little hothouse of uh, of the new Covid strain yeah I mean it's, uh, the Covid thing is rather ominous isn't it it's a week in which the yeah. Bundesliga decided to go back to playing in front of empty stadia because of the Omicron variant mm. which is the latest one everyone's getting agitated about if the next one takes the next letter of the Greek alphabet did you see this it will be pi so, yeah, good luck trying to get people vaccinated against pie. <laughs> I love pie. Mind you, if anyone ever invents a vaccine against the effects of pie, they're going to make a fucking yeah. fortune. Isn't the Omicron variant sounds like a film with uh, with Jason Bourne in it? Yes, yeah, there is like a film. That. There's a film called Omicron. Is that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a, a dead body gets reanimated. It gets possessed by an alien and reanimated. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's that going to happen as well? No, well, that was the film Omicron. Oh, right. Presumably the Omicron variant is going to be... Yeah. Yeah. Some, some a, sequel. A, a Omicron pie. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, this is just a story, that, uh, a, a true story that happened to me. You know, Steve Smith's been reappointed uh, into the hierarchy of the Australian team. He's and been that made, happened to you? No, no. He's been, <laughs> made, yeah, he's been made vice captain. Um, um, so he's been brought back into the fold, if you like. Yeah, but yeah. when he came back for his, his first test match uh, in the Ashes against England at Edgbaston, there was a bloke next to me who clearly come up with a song that he was really, really proud of. Uh. And I, God love a try. He kept, kept <laughs> trying to get people to join in with this song over and over and over. He sang it. And it was awful. But it stuck in my mind so much uh, that I've remembered it. And it was, we never thought it'd be a long, long time. A couple of months and a poxy fine. He's not the man they think he has at home. Oh, no, no, no. It's in his pocket, man. (laughs) <laughs> I can see what that's Come on, everybody. Everybody, sing along. 
<laughs> did he have the words on board? Yes. Holding up yes, placards. Yes, he did. Hold it yes, down. he did. <laughs> anyway. It's in his pocket, man. It's in his pocket, man. <laughs> anyway, before we relieve ourselves in the gold-plated executive bathroom of the Premier League, let us first plunge headlong into the reeking slop pit underneath the public toilet on stilts at the start of Slumdog Millionaire that is the very bottom of the EFL. Ooh. After our late, late winner last week lifted Oldham Athletic out of the relegation places, a late, late winner for Carlisle this week plunged us back into the mire as we succumbed 2-0 away at Salford City. Mm. It's one of the closest grounds to Oldham, I think. I think Rochdale and Man City are closer, but it's and it's pretty small, so there was a sellout in the away end, mostly protesters. Yeah. And uh, one of Salford's co-owners, of course, and boy of 92, is Paul Scholes, Oldham fan Paul Scholes, who yes. was briefly Oldham's manager in the season. We had four managers, or strictly speaking, three, but one of them twice. Frankie Bunn, Pete Wilde twice, and Paul Scholes for about a month. But I reckon we could match that, or even beat it this year. We've already dumped Keith Curl and replaced him with an interim caretaker, very modern. Selim mm-hmm. Benashaw, who has been at our academy lying in wait, kind of thing. And he played for Tunisia in the 2002 World Cup, but that's not going to save him in the long run, is it? No, no, I don't think an interim caretaker is the sort of caretaker you want. You want a caretaker that's there for a long time, knows where the brushes are, yeah, exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Knows where the bleach is, that sort of thing. What's the point of having an interim caretaker? It's a, it's a tautology, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, really, yeah. But no, he's a Tunisian, as I say, and Carthage is in Tunisia, isn't it? And that got sacked. So. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. But a fantastic joke that, that goes over 2,000 years, it's just about yeah, there. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, for some reason, and maybe it's something he said, John Sheridan isn't in the betting for a fifth go. He's come back twice before, for actually for interim stints, saving us from seemingly certain relegation on both occasions. A phenomenon dubbed locally the Shesurrection, meaning he revived our fortunes, not that we were pleased to see him, although we were. Yeah. And uh, unbelievably, Martin Joll has been linked with the oh, vacancy. Oh, how good! The yes. former Spurs and Fulham boss. He's famous for he's uh, famous for having two brothers. That people keep banging on about. His brothers are called Dick Joll and Cock Joll. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't sound right, does it? No. And his dad is called Martin. He clearly just didn't have any imagination at all. <laughs> He's <laughs> named one after himself and the other from where babies come from. Uh, yes, which is just... uh, and he is one of the reasons the babies are there, so yeah, yeah, they're all yeah. after babies. He was famous also, Martin Yol, for blaming lasagna for Spurs' last day defeat at well, West Ham. That yeah, time. that food food is a, is a tricky thing with footballers, isn't it? As, yeah, as, yeah. As we, well, he played for West Brom, Martin Yol, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah, when he had hair, yeah. Mm. And he was famously also sacked at half-time in a UEFA Cup game and, and everyone in the ground knew before he did. Do you remember that against Getafe for Spurs? Oh, what do you mean a half-time? As in between the two legs, or actually no, at half time. Half time in a home game at White Hart Lane. Oh, that's a fantastic yeah. thing. So everyone knew from the you know the photos. And the thing about Martin Yol, which I think might come in handy at Oldham, is is that he looks like Thanos, which and he, which would mean he'd have the skills needed to thin out our playing squad. You know, ah. Stamp his fingers, and half of them are gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Wednesday. Uh, yesterday, I made a pilgrimage to watch Oldham play Sunderland in the Pizza in a Cup Cup, ah. which was fantastic. And have you have you got a little touch of cup fever? A little bit. No, okay. There was a guy going. We're going to Wembley and we're going to win the FA Cup. I think it was just slightly confused because we were knocked out of the FA Cup two weeks ago. <laughs> but it was my first visit to the Stadium of Light, which is fantastic. It is fantastic place considering, um, you know, what I'm used to. But anyway, I felt if I was going to go there one day, it ought to be for a floodlit game, which it was, which is great. And nice to see lights so bright. I never thought lights could be so bright. <laughs> I was getting flashbacks to the Brentford game earlier. Proper working floodlights, a team in red and white stripes, and the 7 0 defeat. I'd like to think of you open mouthed, just sitting there <laughs> gazing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. Exactly. But for me, this was uh, English League ground number 142. Yeah. Wow. There's so many old, you know, old grounds and teams that have gone out of the league and more teams yeah, have come yeah, in, yeah. blah, 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 blah. As far as the 92 club is going, number 83. Yeah. Okay, still a few to go. Very impressive. But um, last night, both teams fielded weakened sides. Uh, theirs by complacency and contempt for the competition. Ours by years of mismanagement. <laughs> <laughs> and we won 1 0. Our goal was somewhat similar to Sancho's one at the weekend. It, the ball coming way out of the out of the floodlights and the defender miscontrolling it and th- it being nicked off him and suddenly the the uh, uh, Harry Vaughan, our tiny midfielder, was in on the keeper and scored, which was fantastic. So there we go. Well, th- this week um, my big thing's been the Ballon d'Or. Oh, the Ballon d'Or! <laughs> <laughs> we 
which has suddenly become it gets bigger every 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 year. But the main reason it's getting bigger at the moment is because of this Ronaldo and, <laughs> yeah. and, and Messi spat, which is just absolutely. I don't, fantastic. I, you know, I don't think Messi's involved well, in no, the spat at all. No, no, no. Messi, Messi's actually improving his rating by just saying but, nothing, by being photographed holding the trophy yeah, and yeah. saying nothing yeah. at all. Well, the first thing about the Ballon d'Or, of, of course, is it it actually makes the World Cup draw look exciting because it's just <laughs> it's so tacky. It's it is really, bollocks, really tacky. It? It, it should starts be called at, the Bullock Door. It starts about three o'clock in the afternoon and finishes at about nine thirty. It's six and a half hours long, <laughs> and it's, it feels like a school show run by a power mad drama teacher. It doesn't know when to stop or indeed when to start. Is the thing. So the big spat. Quickly go through the spat. First of all, Pascal Ferry, who's who's in charge of the Ballon d'Or, who is uh, from Football France, France uh, football, France yeah. football, yeah, yeah, um, said that Ronaldo's only ambition in the game now was to win more Ballon d'Ors <laughs> than Messi. Okay, which was harsh. I don't think they like uh, Ronaldo, and I think it's because the Ballon d'Or is a big dinner, and his dietary requirements are so complicated. It got quinoa, yeah. quinoa, of course. Now Ronaldo then said that he was lying and that he doesn't win for himself; he wins. For his club, and, mm. not, and he never wins against somebody. Mm. And I thought, well, that's, that's that's quite a reasonable response, apart from the lying bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Messi wins it, and and he liked then um, Ronaldo liked a tweet or or a message that said um, because he put these are facts, and the tweet had said <laughs> the ceremony was theft, dirt, shame, simply regrettable. <laughs> who saw saw? Anyone who's smart enough knows who the real deserving ones are. Receiving awards without earning it is false happiness. Okay. <laughs> fact. Fact, <laughs> facts, exactly. And the thing about this spat is that, that then Messi does a brilliant thing, which he says, Do you know, I think I might give my Ballon d'Or to Lewandowski. I think he deserves it. Um, I think so too. Which is, yeah, which is, yeah, which is a very, very classy thing to do. Yeah. But what I love about the spat is it's, it's almost all um, conducted by Ronaldo but also I think Ronaldo thinks it's like sort of one of these boxing spats like Fury versus I don't think it's even, it even is a spat I think it's a hissy fit well it's a hissy <laughs> fit well I, that's what I was going to say I think if it is a spat it, it's not so much Fury and Wilder it's more Betty Davis and Joan Crawford <laughs> who famously uh, hated each other and, and, and it's just Betty Davis against the world well yeah well, when Joan, Joan Crawford died Betty Davis was after a quote I don't know whether you remember this and she said you should only speak good of the dead she's dead good <laughs> that's <laughs> and, very good and, and what just one more thing i've got two more things on this one what one of the things is that business about um messi offering to give the the, the trophy to Lewandowski reminded me of one of my very favorite um pieces of wonderful sportsmanship which was uh, emil zatopek uh being um being visited by uh ron ron what was his name Ron uh, Hill, was it? Ron Hill? Hill? No. no. Oh, God, I forgot his... The forget. English marathon. No, this was a New Zealander. Oh. Australian. Uh, Ronnie, Ron, Ron, Ron. Ron. Yeah, move on. We'll put that. We'll, we'll put that on the website. Anyway, he went over. He'd become a journalist. He went to interview Zatopek, and he'd he'd broken the world record. Ron Dennis. He'd broken the world record. Yeah, Formula One. Seventeen times. Okay, <laughs> seventeen world records. But he'd never won an Olympic gold medal. Yeah. He was interviewing Zatopek because Zatopek was his hero, and Zatopek said, "Well, actually, yeah, you know, I shouldn't be your hero. I'm a great admirer of yours. I think you're a wonderful person." And Zatopek actually drove him to the airport and got and got him home. And when. Uh, uh, Ron, whatever his second name was, got home. Mr. Ron. <laughs> Mr. Ron. Like, like yeah. Yeah, 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 Mr. Ron. <laughs> he got home. He, Ron Clark, that was his name. Ron Clark got home. He's, uh, thank you, Gary. <laughs> he, he opened up his suitcase and found an Olympic gold medal oh. in there that Zatopek had put in, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. And he thank hadn't stolen much. it while he was drunk. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank you very much for my prompter out there. Yeah. I like the quote from um, uh, Ronaldo denying that, that, that he'd said that thing to the France football editors, claiming he had a much more modest ambition than to have more Ballon d'Or than Messi, which was to leave his name written in golden letters in the history of world football. Yes. And I think that's going to be a bloody expensive book if all the letters are in gold. Well, Maybe you should think about self-publishing. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Because he's the one being paid half a million pounds a week. But so, why not Mohamed Salah? Oh, I know, I know, I know. I agree totally. But I, I, I really want to take the, the whole Ronaldo-Messi thing 
as, as we know, it's really Ronaldo thing to its logical conclusion and write a sitcom when they, they're both retired and the council put them up in neighbouring flats. Are they the odd couple? Are they? <laughs> no, no, they're in neighbouring <laughs> flats. And every time Messi puts out the bins, people go, oh, he's done that beautifully, hasn't he? And Ronaldo goes, I could do it better than I that. Know. I think it would work. I would think um, it would it's work. got its own theme tune. Anything you can do. Anything, anything you, you can do. And it could be called Never the Twain, although that's be, already or, been used. Yeah, should be. Anyway... Listen, the draw was made for the European playoffs for the Qatar World Cup. Scotland will play Ukraine, Wales will play Austria, and the winners will meet in the final of Section A. So it could be Scotland-Wales. Shades of World Cup qualifications power. Yes, but the big news was... Did you watch the draw? Of course not. (laughs) Didn't you? I watched it. I know where the plinths have gone. Ah. The plinths that they used to put the ball on and now they drive it in in a little car, they now use uh, to to house the the, the thing for the for, for the draw for, for the, the ball. For the, yeah, balls. yeah, for yeah, the, yeah, yeah, for the, the ball balls. The ball balls with, well, the, the, with, the, with the, the... The ball with the balls Paper in. inside. Yeah, yeah, Somewhere, of course, Joe Jordan is rubbing his hands together with glee at the thought of all the media work he's going to get. Yes. And uh, Scotland, I was interested by this, the, this stat uh, from the stats, people whoever they may be and wherever they live, they, Scotland were given a 24% chance of progressing, uh, which is just under a one in four chance, from a group that has four teams in it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And how do they do this? What's their algorithm? Is it witchcraft? What is it? I don't know. They've, but they've started doing, on Amazon, they've started doing this thing, the win, the win probability, like mm. they do in the cricket. Um, all throughout the game, it's changing and changing and changing and changing. Oh, and yeah. Think, they... I, I just want to watch the game. You know, it's like when people come out and go, what's the score going to be? And you go, I don't fucking know. That's why I've come, to find out. Yeah. I mean, the other big news from the draw, of course, was that uh, Portugal and Italy were drawn in the same section. So only one of them can get through, not both. And maybe neither if, if Turkey your North Macedonia turn up. So another bad week for Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, all in all. So it was the uh, Prussian general, Helmut von Moltke, who wrote, yes. uh, Kein Operationsplan reicht mit einiges Sicherheit über das erste Zusammentreffen mit der Feindlichen Hauptmacht hinaus. Yeah, which it's, I believe, plans uh, are immediately lo- lost at first contact with the enemy. Indeed, yes. Or as Mike Tyson put it, everyone has a plan until they get hit. That's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is virtually the same thing. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, with uh, Tracy Crouch's fan-led review, the recommendations have made first contact with the Premier League. And that hasn't gone well. Um, the, the, the most egregious was the uh, statement by Angus Kinnear in the, uh, I think, the programme for the Leeds game this yes, week. Yes, absolutely staggering. In which he compared <laughs> calls for an independent regulator and a transfer levy to Maoism, uh, and which led to the great... Um, Chinese famine. Yeah, the Great Leap Forward, where millions and millions of people died. You've really got to think that that it's a tiny bit disrespectful, haven't you? Isn't it, though? Well, well, it is, definitely. And And he's he's uh, against having an independent regulator. And I looked up his CV, uh, this Rory Kinnear, and he is the (laughs) independent... Rory Kinnear. (laughs) Angus Kinnear. Kinnear. He is the independent regulator uh, for British weightlifting. Oh, no, is he? Yeah. Well, but uh, the, the, there were things at the at the weekend. Carlton Cole having to apologise for for likening the possibility of West Ham losing to Man City to the Holocaust, which is just oh, this God, is careless. But nobody apologised yeah. immediately. Yeah, yeah. But this guy, the, you know, the, the great Chinese famine killed fifteen to fifty. I don't know, fifteen to fifty-five million people. Yeah. I mean, he should be ashamed of himself, shouldn't he? Thinking that it, maybe him losing a little bit of control over what happens is, is like that. He didn't control its money that he's worried about well, losing, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Uh, and he, he, he also famously came out against Newcastle uh, being taken over by the Saudis, which is yeah. which is ironic in many ways because his boss, the the, the chairman of the club, uh, has a, a lot of business dealings with Qatar and also wanted to take Leeds. I hadn't realised this on a pre-season tour of Myanmar. <laughs> which is beautiful. Yes, it is. Now, the other person who came out was Steve Parrish. Mm-hmm. We've had the great leap forward, and he said the, the ramped-up integrity test sounds like something from North Korea. Well, you see, these people need to get a, get a grip, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but it also means that if he doesn't want that integrity test, that means that Kim Jong-un could actually buy Crystal Palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that would be a thing. It would. I would like to see them marching on before. before the game. Well, he'd want to play, wouldn't he? He'd want to play. Well, yeah, he'd want to play, yeah, and he'd want to score in the hole. And if and he didn't, and if he didn't score, he'd be saying that he had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, let's quickly move on yep. to the big story of the week was that Manchester United going for Ralph Rangnick yep. as the interim coach after the interim caretaker. And before, presumably, some sort of other interim Santa or something. Yeah. But much to the disappointment of Steve Bruce. But at least he has the face for that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Rangnick has been in charge of teams usually that he's built up from a low start like Hoffenheim and Ulm and RB Leipzig uh, made them competitive in the Bundesliga but he's not really been in charge of of a big club with big stars so it's difficult to see how this is going to go I mean his, his, he feels like the kind of guy who likes his team to be young and mouldable and not packed with superstars somehow. Mm. Um, he was asked some years ago whether he'd ever like to manage Ronaldo or Messi, and he said no, they're too old, and they were 30 at the time. I mean, he prefers a blank slate without bad habits, I think. Yeah. And he's nicknamed the Professor, which just really goes to show that footballers are really impressed by people with glasses. Well, uh, right. traditionally, to, to be the Professor, or Prof, as it was mm. known, you needed five O-levels, didn't well, you? Well, yeah. It's and, a Steve Koppel, Steve Highway Well, and Wenger was the Professor, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he yeah. had glasses. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. little tiny glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple of O-levels, you get nicknamed Bamba. In yes, the Bamba. Days, That's you? absolutely right. Bamba. Absolutely. I mean, right. I know they're not called O-levels anymore, and Jeremy Paxman does University Challenge. I can almost hear... Dave Baddiel wheeling out the phrase two old curmudgeons. <laughs> but still, no one's going to be calling him the professor, are they? After he put his glasses in the microwave and set fire to them. No, but I think the big, the big story <laughs> for me of the week was Newcastle versus Norwich and not about Newcastle finishing with 10 men and, and, and Kieran mm. Clark's it's a rather silly sending off. But because Norwich are on a run, four games now undefeated. And you've got to think that the Soccerbot 360 oh, yes, is paying off. Yeah, finally. Yeah. The Soccerbot 360. Oh, getting the value for that yeah. all around. It's a, it's a Soccerbot 360 bounce they're experiencing. <laughs> I go back to Manchester United for a moment. The thing that I was... Uh, you know, because they dropped, of course, Ronaldo at the, at the weekend to go back to, <laughs> back to him. Yeah. But um, Michael Carrick said this thing, that um, his response to being dropped, uh, Ronaldo, was perfection. That's what he said. Okay. He, he was out at half-time. He was out warming up for 10 minutes yeah. early yeah. Um, while, it, while Carrick was doing his half-time talk, which means that he wouldn't listen to the half-time. That's yeah, what that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. He but, wouldn't listen to the but, half-time talk. But apparently he did cut up the oranges, so that's fair enough. <laughs> right, we need to take a break, and after that we'll have our guest. Now, I was once on a cookery programme where can... <laughs> Thank you. No... <laughs> I've written this. This is spun gold, mate. Spun gold. I was once on a cookery programme where the contestants were judged by a celebrity panel that included Eddie the Eagle Edwards and Ingrid Tarrant, Chris Tarrant's ex-wife. That's how she was actually billed. (laughs) The point being that it's not always easy to get the calibre of guests that you'd like. And we've been rather spoiled in the weeks gone past, uh, but I'm afraid that we (laughs) may now have reached the bottom of the barrel. We really wanted Steve Linex, but this week we're going to have to make do with Gary Lineker. Gary, thank you for coming in. And most of all, thank you for shouting Ron Clark out. Yes, out. absolute pleasure. Yeah. Oh, he took yeah. me, I was thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. It felt like I was on there thinking it's all over again, answering a, one of your questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. can I say first and foremost, it's great to be here and what a relief. Right. Because I, I checked this morning and I, I, I thought, you know, him, but I can't wait to see Nick Hancock. And I thought, N. Hancock. It wasn't M. Hancock, was it? <laughs> I had this terrible feeling that maybe I've said yes to Matt Hancock. To Matt Hancock. <laughs> and I was a bit nervous, but I'm glad it's you. <laughs> did, yeah, because did it's you, great to see well, you. Yeah, I, I, I certainly would try to snog you. <laughs> did you hear no, that no, no, about no. Um, <laughs> the Speaker of the House introducing yes. Matt Hancock as Nick, Han- Nick yeah, Hancock? There, there, there you go. There you go. Easily Barley. done. Yeah. So. And he got up and said, yeah. oh, Mr. Speaker, this is not <laughs> 101. He did, he did, he did. We briefly mentioned Alan Clark a second ago, and I want to ask you about the Leicester thing, Gary, because footballers these days they tend to be tied to a club from the age of about four, don't they? I don't think yeah. I don't think many players have that that real experience of being a fan. Like I know you did. Yeah. You know, you're one of us. I think most footballers were a fan before when they were kids. Yeah. Of somebody. Yeah, I think but so. But going to games a lot. You yeah, know, I think so. Like Shearer would have gone to the, you oh, know, well, the yeah, Ga- yeah, yeah, Gallagher. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of Liverpool fans who was who were Everton fans, Liverpool players rather, yeah. who were Everton fans when they were kids. No, well, that, that, can, that can happen. Yeah. But if you're in a one club city yes mm. like Leicester like not Stoke not Stoke not Stoke like Leicester then you, you, you've got no choice have you whereas <laughs> no, if I you grew up in Liverpool say you could easily support one or the other I think yeah. yeah. Michael Owen an, an Everton fan wasn't he so when when but when you used to go who were you here early days Alan Clark the aforementioned Frank Worthington very much and Peter Shilton 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was goalkeeper, but it's mm. a bit weird. And I used to always playing goal at home with my brother. I was always the goalie, weirdly. Yeah. Um, Is that because you were younger? Well, no, it's because the goals were really small that we had in the garden. Oh, right. Okay. And, but, and I was tiny. So, and then when the goals got too big, then obviously I thought, oh, I'm going to score some goals instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did you go with? Did you go with my, my dad and my granddad initially. I was seven, I think, when I first game. Yeah. And the first game was at Leicester Man United. Right. And I think most kids from that would perhaps... It was the Man United of Charlton, Lauren Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Leicester lost two one, but I, I, I stuck with Leicester. And yeah. it was that, it was that game actually that Peter Shilton was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And he, be, he was like became one of my heroes. And then, then a year and, or so later, it was Frank Worthington. Leicester got a cup final, didn't they? And lost sixty nine. Yeah, to Man City. One, Would that have been too early for no, you? I was there. You I were there? there. I said I, I, that was the great thing about what well, one of the great things about Leicester winning the cup. Uh, this year was that um, I was I was there in six and I was eight years old. I think I cried all the way home on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my dad and my granddad had been to all four um, Leicester finals that they'd lost all four. Really? Yeah. And so I, I just wish my dad had been 63, 61, 63, 49. Oh, right. 49 against Wolves, I think. 3-1. Right. Um, so yeah. 61 Spurs, 63 was Man United. Man United. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then 69 Man City. Oh, oh, yeah. So we young. lost all four. Yeah, you wouldn't have bought any of his records, I dare say. No. Yeah. Yeah. and so <laughs> to move on from that because you know I do that, 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 that's interesting and in, into when you're actually playing and then we're talking about heroes that you've watched and suddenly for instance yeah. you get called up for England and you go into a dressing room and there's a sort of a hierarchy there's bound to be yeah. is that intimidating are, are the players oh, that you think so oh god so intimidating I was terrified <laughs> I got a I was at home on a. It was a Monday, yeah. and I wasn't. I was a late developer in football. I didn't. You know, I think it was about twenty four, twenty three, twenty four when I got the first call up, and I was at home, and it was Monday, and the phone goes, and um, my mum answered it, and she said, "Oh, well, I'll get him for you." She said, "It's Gordon Milne, who was the then Leicester manager," and I thought. Shit, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? I mean, he's never called me at home, ever, ever. And I just went, oh, uh, uh, hello, everything okay? <laughs> he, he said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He said, um, I just want you to pack yourself a toothbrush, come into the club, grab your boots, because Bobby Robson's been on the phone. You need to get up to Wrexham and meet the team. <gasps> you go, you got an England call-up. They've had one or two injuries or whatever. And I, I, was, it was, yeah. and I had to drive up. I drove up in my... <laughs> In my little sponsored Fiat with my name on the side. <laughs> that's, just, that's how it was. It wasn't like it is now. No, 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 no. no. I, genuinely. And um, drove up all the way and um, I was ter- I was shaking all the way and I got in and there was like Peter Shilton and um, Brian Robson and all these great players, Trevor Francis. and, and I, I, But they were all lovely and they were sweet yeah. and they are welcoming and stuff. Yeah. But it was, yeah, but you're right, it's intimidating. Yeah. These are players that I've watched and I kind of heroes and i was thinking what the hell am i doing yeah yeah um, yeah yeah and um does that i mean does that take you into your shell or do you does a professionalism come out when you train you think no I, I've, I've got to show myself well you've got to show yourself yeah there's yeah. always i always had a determination a thing but i never actually had that much in the early days that much i've said this many times that much belief in, I, I just think I'm kind of blagging it, I'm getting away with it. You <laughs> well, know, it's and, imposter syndrome, but, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, a little bit of that. But yeah. you just remind me, I was at this game last night. I went to Sunderland Eldon last night, and there was a bloke in front of me who was talking. Yeah, there was a bloke in front of me who was talking, and he was going, "They haven't, they haven't got the belief." And then he suddenly shouted out. Get the belief! <laughs> they haven't got the belief. You're bloody rubbish! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, when we talked about playing for England, and uh, you told me a lovely story once about about Maradona when you played for England against the rest of the world. Oh, yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. being in awe of Brian Robson's oh. one thing, but then you've got all these players. Just talk us through that one, because I'd love that story. No, I, I mean, it's amazing, because he was... I mean, Maradona was... Like, he, he was so much better than everyone else. He's a little bit like Messi is now. He's so much clearly better than everyone else. Ronaldo, surely. <laughs> <laughs> goal scorers, you can compare them. As footballers, yeah, 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 you can't. Yeah. So, we, I won't go there. Anyway, anyway. But um, I love Ronaldo. He's fantastic. And he's, and they've actually driven each other on in that competitive mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, thing yeah. I heard you yeah. talking about just before I came in. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and, and it's one of the reasons that they've been so great for so long. Yeah. Um, I think Ronaldo's more bothered about it than Messi. Considerably. But um, they've both been great for the game. But, um, but Maradona was the person of my 
my time, and there wasn't anyone else to mm-hmm. really compete with him on that. Even though there was like Zico and Platini and people like, but but Maradona was just on. Mm. And all the we played in this rest of the world game, and I was playing for the rest of the world when against the this? English league side. It's about 1987, I think it was the was centenary the of the Cup, football the league. Cup, yeah, yeah, it was after the World Cup. Yeah. It was centenary of the football. Oh, so 88, 89. It was yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the late 80s anyway. Because I, the reason I was playing for the rest of the world was because I was at Barcelona. Yeah, right. Not playing in the in the um, first division, um, and I was part of the team. And Maradona was there, and he was the only one that was paid. The only one there. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, that fact, and um, deservedly so. And um, we 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 got in the dressing room, and he was, and he and he walked in. He's got such a presence and an aura, and yeah, I think, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. down to how he, good he was and stuff. And um, he just sat there, and he just a pair of shorts, and you know, you, you roll your socks up. Yeah. There's the two socks together, and he just sat there juggling it on his left foot for about three minutes. And players go, Oh, that's quite good. <laughs> and then, then we go out to the warm up, and he's, he takes the ball out and he juggles it all the way to the halfway line. Yeah. And um, and then he gets the halfway line, and he and it doesn't sound incredible, but it really is. And I've you know told, told this story many times to professional footballers, and they all go, Did he really? And he gets <laughs> in the middle of, and he whacks it straight up in the air, really, really high as, as he possibly could. And the ball came straight down, and then he volleyed it straight up again and again. And the most he did was maybe walk two paces to the ball, and he did it about 12, 13 times. Yeah. yeah. And on the last one, he just went and caught it on his foot. Yeah. And you've got Platini and Zika, and all yeah. these, we're all going, Oh my wow. God! What that's we just seen? It's like, insane! Like, yeah, it was mad. It was like yeah. you can't do that. So the next day, I think when I went back to Barcelona, I was telling the boys, everyone's tried, we've all tried it, right? The best anyone did was three, right. and on the third one they were running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so you've you've uh, you've forgiven him then for the uh, 1986 thing? Or? I'm a very forgiving. Ah, so. I, I, I just. I, I haven't necessarily forgiven the referee. No, no. He well, got, he never refereed was, again, did he? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see it either. I was, no. Obviously, I was at the other end of the pitch, hanging around, uh-huh. and um, and he got away with it. But the, the the second goal was, I mean, to be on that pitch, and the pitch was like potato field. It was awful. Yeah. And he did that turn on the heart, and then he went on and he beat one, and, uh, yeah. and I actually thought, oh, I should probably, probably, really should probably applaud that. Yeah, did obviously because I'd have been. They were all a bit stunned, though, weren't they? All a bit stunned from the from the goal just a few. Uh, Well, it's a good excuse. But the interesting thing is, if you ever watch the game um, and take it back, like possibly VAR would now, Mm. just before he receives the ball, there's this terrible foul on Glenn Hoddle that wasn't given, and then from that it goes to Maradona. He turns so actually, both goals, both goals should not have stood. We won one nil, Mm. and I scored the winner. Um, we'd have go. probably gone on to win the World there Cup, and I'd, I'd, I'd be a hero now, and I probably wouldn't need to come on yeah. podcasts with Nick Hancock and <laughs> just to keep myself relevant. <laughs> just, um, so just to talk about the game in general at the moment, because we've got all this sort of um, government... Um, um, uh, pressure groups and we've got the fans and yeah. we've got the, the European Super League which seemed like quite a seminal moment because it was all yeah. going to go ahead they seem to think mm. uh, but you know for the fan power for want of a yeah, better phrase absolutely. stopped it the little Managers people won did... for once well, hey? <laughs> the little people won for well, once yeah, but, but I was yeah. amazed about that was that the managers didn't know no, they didn't. No, no. And that's, no. I found that staggering. Not only the managers, but one or two of the CEOs. I mean, yeah, Ed Wood was was around my house when it was it kind of broke, and he and he he knew they'd been talking for years yeah, about. Yeah, it. He yeah. said it was going on. He was sort of rumbling, but he said then he he didn't know when it it, it happened, and was that's he why he resigned. It took two it, days though. to resign, so everyone thought he resigned because the thing collapsed. But he actually resigned because he didn't agree with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bizarrely, and you're right; it was all done in this like cloak and daggers. Yeah, it was yeah. madness. And as soon as it came out, I thought, I can't, can't see how this can happen. No. I just couldn't see it. Oh, no. And and within two or three days, it all imploded. But what I find interesting about that is. You see, I, I, I'm not at all surprised. Well, I am surprised the way it happened. Not at all surprised that that um, John Henry, that the Glazers, yeah. that Stan Cronkite, these people who are in yeah. in football as a as business yeah, people, yeah, that they want that to happen. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I don't think asking them to stop doing it mm. is going to work. 
give us 10%. It's like tithe or Dengeld or something. So I think the only two, there's only two areas that you can get the pressure. The fans can just not yep. turn up for games, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is really unlikely. And that's a shame because yeah. they can do it. We've just had COVID. We've had a season without I know, games. I know. You know, t- two games don't turn up for. That, that would be amazing. And the other people that could make a difference, and I'm interested in this particularly, are, are the players. Because the PFA is a union of footballers, mm. not just a pre- Premier League sort footballers. Of, sort of, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've that's never, what I'm asking. It's never that, been a very impressive kind of... Well, I've no, never, but they've, they've, they've been particularly yeah. silent, haven't yeah. they? Well, they're generally particularly silent. Well, they're, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're like... <laughs> Well, yes, yes, yeah. yes, that's true. And, and as indeed you know, UEFA and FIFA are yeah. about so many things as well. You know, it's easy to say nothing and hope it goes Sometimes, away. Sometimes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But there's a fi- I just feel like, does it feel like there's a moment now where something could change? Well, I think that's what subsequent to, you know, the whole European Super League thing. Yeah. I think there has been that. And obviously a lot of people got together. I've been I've been one of them, along with, you know, Gary Neville's side of things. Yeah. And a lot of people, and fan, important people in the fan world and stuff, trying to get people together, trying to get, you know, independent regulator and stuff like that. And... Yeah, I mean, we were talking just but now about, I don't the, know about the how you do it exactly, how it really works, and can you, you know, when you've got these owners and they can, it's not easy, but I think you can certainly stop probably things like that possibly happening again in the future mm-hmm. and protect the game for fans and stuff. So I think, I think it's an interesting way forward. And yeah, I think yeah. the game, it probably needs it because we also. We also have a thing in this country which is quite unique to us that we have three governing bodies. You know, we have the yeah. Premier League, we have the Football Association, and we have the Football League, and, yeah. it's, and they're all kind of fine with each other, and they're not necessarily got the, all the best interests mm. of the game at heart. They've got the best interests of themselves, and sometimes someone outside who's independent and just for the overall good yeah. of the game. I'm not sure how it would actually work. No. Well, but it maybe wouldn't be kind of what it wouldn't be is Maoism. It wouldn't be Maoism. No. <laughs> no. But no, that, 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 that's interesting because because. That kind of came about because we used to have two, didn't we? With with yeah. the sort of night of the long knives when the Premier League came in, yeah. and I know you you were interested in, in, in the whole Premier League. Well, there was the whole, the whole uh, history of, uh, as you say, the the three governing bodies. They mean the yeah. the Premier League are tied to the Football Association, aren't mm. they? But they're yes. but they're they're yeah, separate. Right, right, but yeah. it was always historically the Football Association was the was the uh, yeah. southern body, and the Football yeah. League was the northern body, and they were they were at loggerheads yeah. for. You know, for a century yeah. more or less, yeah. and I think it's it's a big part of how the Premier League got off the ground was that they went to the Football Association. Yeah. The Football Association couldn't believe they had the chance to rub the Football League's nose in mm. it and and leave it as a rump exactly. kind of thing. I, I've always wanted to uh, wondered whether it irks you particularly that uh, football history seems to start now in 1992. <laughs> the, you know, the, <laughs> I mean, the, the stats, really. I mean, and the, it drives yeah. me up the bloody yeah. wall. I tell you, it, I is, it, is, it is kind of odd, isn't it? it is. I mean, and I'm, it, I'm it, part it, of it because I read out Premier League stats all the time yeah, in Match yeah, of the Day, yeah. and, and obviously I, I never feature. I know, I mean, you can also, you can I'm see sick kind of, to death of reading about Shearer's I know, you can <laughs> see him sort of wanting to, wanting to rub your nose. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine, but it is how it is, and it's almost a joke, but it is kind of Ridiculous it is kind of ridiculous. And I, I spent, exist. and Nick also, you know, twenty six years invested in watching Manchester United fail to win the title, yeah. and that's and then that's all just sort of written off now. You know that yeah. that uh, that era. I mean, I th- I kind of think I, guess I, uh, I kind of think that the change in football that led to the Premier things really ought to date back to Italia ninety. I think Italia ninety was the point at which yeah. football changed into what it is now. I think it was. I think it was. Um, very much a seminal moment in many ways. Yeah. We'd, we'd because had just before of, that was Hillsborough, Hill, Heisel Hillsborough, Heisel, hooliganism was rife Bradford. everywhere. It was Orford, Bradford. Uh, you know, uh, from there we then we had the Taylor Report, didn't we? And they, yeah. they changed yeah. the stadium. Stadiums became way much better, more comfortable places, more safe places to go. Different, and I think because of the success of of the England team at Italia ninety or the relevant success, um, from that 
different people start to get interested in football again. We had that mad yeah. moments that we always get now when England do quite well in a tournament yeah, yeah. or get well, the euphoric and, and the mm-hmm. bonkers nature of everything. And that was kind of, I think, the first real time. There was a little bit of that in 86, but I think in 90 yeah, it was on I a different it, level. I think Pavarotti. it was. I think Italian 90 Women was were watching so the game, young people, and it suddenly be, it, it and was from such there an exciting came the Premier League. tournament. Yeah. I mean, even though yeah. afterwards they were saying, oh, there weren't enough goals and they changed the pass-back rule. No, if you look back to it, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the most, but if your no, team was doing so, well, it doesn't matter. So, the does stakes no, no, no. were so yeah. high. You, know, yeah. and you, were, you, yeah. were, you were in it. You know? yeah, no, I, yeah. I was definitely in it. It was a World Cup where the Argentine side that got to the final, the polar opposite of the Argentina of 1986. I mean, yeah. they hardly scored a goal, did they? I know. Yeah, and I know. They, they lost to Cameroon yeah. in the yeah. first game. And you know, Maradona wasn't quite at his best by no. then, and they had quite a few injuries in the final. The final was awful, wasn't it? Oh, awful. God. Yeah, I was there. Actually. But, I was yeah, the only and, England player that stayed out. And I read that uh, that um, uh, Claudio Canigia goal against Brazil as well. Yeah. That game was terrible yeah. as well. Yeah, awful, awful, awful. awful. <laughs> um, while we're on the subject of World Cups, yes. then, and we talked a little bit about the Premier League, we talked about the European Super League, World Cup, and then they're now talking about this biennial World Cup, mm. which seems again to me to be madness because yeah. I think. The more you have in some something. ways, yes, in some ways, I, no. I, I don't I, think it's I, doable. I, but... I understand about the players thing. I, yeah. They've actually seemed to have turned that on its head. It seems like there's going to be more games to play, but they reckon they make it fewer somehow. I, I think that you'd have to, if it was if it's doable. Now, I, I, I kind of open minded about it. I think we get transfixed sometimes a little bit in 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 what we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So people go, yeah, but the reason the World Cup is so special because it only happens every four years. Well, therefore, let's make it more special and let's only have it every 10 years. Yeah. You could argue yeah. that. Well, I, I don't like the summers when there's not major tournaments. So no, I would I be agree. thinking, I know, that so would I be amazing. We could get a Euros, World Cup, Euros, World Cup, Euros. Yeah, you know, it would be fantastic. I think in that sense, <laughs> but you've got to think about the players' welfare a little bit. They never well, stop. But the, the only way they could do that, and this is the one thing that needs to be done anyway, is massively reduce the amount of, of qualifiers. Oh, God, yes. they're, they're so dull, and they're so easy now. You just you could easily have more groups, but, but just have, say, three teams in a group, one or four teams, play all the games within two or three weeks in one city, which obviously they've got to start thinking a bit about the environment well, now, football and flying. Yeah. Just do it all in one city, and then... And then you've got the world. So basically, the international calendar changes completely. So you do all the all the qualifiers maybe in three weeks, and then have a major tournament in the summer. That's the only way you could probably get away with it. I sense they won't, but we'll see. Because the I think the leagues and kick well, off the, the, the reason is that the teams um, yeah. that that will get that will lose out of uh, potentially playing it. They they're teams that have votes. Uh, for well, the everyone chairman of UEFA and votes. blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. so, you know, it's, it's not. You know. Yeah, and that, that, that's exactly why European club competitions get bigger because they want more associations to be on side. Yeah, of course, with yeah, the way that works. Politics, but yeah. but the interesting thing, both about the European club competitions getting yeah. bigger, therefore more flights, yeah. and the World Cup conceivably going two years, yeah. therefore more flights, more international yeah, travel, etc., etc., etc. Is that actually? FIFA are in a unique situation because FIFA, although it behaves like it, is not a corporation. It doesn't have shareholders. No, it's a non one. It also, uniquely, doesn't have competitors. No. So it is in a position to actually make a stand and go, do you know what? We're not going to do this. We've just had it happen to us once. We can work out how we don't... Of course they can. Of course they can. Yeah, they can. I mean, clearly... It doesn't feel like they will, yeah. but it would be such a brilliant thing for yeah. football to to take a stand mm. for the environment. And go well, I'll tell you what, yeah. football's not so important. We want to ruin the. I actually environment. had a chat with um, Arsene Wenger, who's now very much um, um, kind of coordinating things and planning things. Um, some people agree with, some won't, and he's obviously is a big advocate for having World Cups every two years. But he's he's actually. He says we've got to try and find a way around the the flying thing and the amount of fl- fl- flights that football clubs make. I mean, it's they've their carbon footprint is not that impressive, I don't think, with football because they they fly everywhere. Mm. Well, know, and lots of footballers have you know they, they, private jets are going. Well, everywhere well, as well famously, Manchester United flew to Leicester the other week. Well, it, exactly. I mean, it seems absurd when you get on a train. Yeah. yeah. Well. 
probably two trains to get to Leicester. Yeah, it would be to get to Leicester, yeah. It, it would. But, but, it's always two trains to Leicester. I, I just think it would be a, a, be a wonderful thing for for the world and for the game and for football and for yeah. the image Set of an sport and sport yeah, exactly I agree with you. Totally and, agree. And, and they've got such a good yeah. a not good easy though but I do agree with no. you yeah. and, and of course the other thing is you're talking about you know their partners their sponsors all of those people you know you've got to think people like Gazprom and blah 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 well, all that, these yeah, people yeah, okay but, but actually it wouldn't do them any harm to say we'll still support football yeah. And in in it's, let's call it a sabbatical year, well, or what? A bit of greenwashing out of it. These yeah. corporations, yeah. They? if they were just it would be the only area in which they were making a stand, yeah, you know, Gazprom particularly, but yeah. it would be the only area in which they were making any kind of green concessions at all. <laughs> well, definitely. Yeah. Now, let, we talked about football and and, and well, the world of football. That's all I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, Nick, and Nick, some people this say is you about, don't know anything about that. Yeah, I was, <laughs> funny enough. Funny enough, I was going to ask you that. I wanted to cut off. How much you know? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to ask you. Do you know? Okay, well. actually, this is something I did want to ask you. Is is there a time? When somebody says, would you, they want to talk to you, and you think, oh, don't talk to me about football, for God's sake, I don't want to talk about football today, yeah. or I don't want to do that game, or, do you know, I'm just a bit tired I of it. I just love football. I mean, I yeah. don't, I, it's like, it, it's, I, even in the back of, you know, black cabs or whatever, they, they, even today, when, oh, I, did, I don't want to bother you about it. It's fine. I don't mind talking yeah, about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't mind talking about football. I love talking about football. Yeah. And so I, if anybody out there sees going in the, the one street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come and talk. Come and talk football. You don't have to he bring loves it. the ice. He yeah. loves it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I, it's the one consistent my whole life. You yeah, know, it's the yeah, one yeah. thing that's yeah. been there for me always. Yeah. You know, you, I've lost my clear, parents you... now. I've, had, I've been married twice. I've got kids for half my life. But football's been there. Yeah, Almost yeah, throughout, yeah, yeah. so yeah, 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 and you, and you clearly care and are engaged. I mean, sometimes when I'm talking to you about the environment and about football and the environment, talking to you about ownership and all of those things, uh, there's yeah. a morality as well. But you sometimes get the impression um, that players aren't engaged in all of those things, but they're very, very busy playing. Yeah, but yeah. They, I think they are. You know, a lot of them are, and I think we. Well, there's Hal Robson Carn, who's famously well, yeah. leading environmentalist. Well, exactly. And who's a really nice guy. I met him um, recently, and but I think a lot of footballers as well. With they've been really impressive now. Yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. out on really important issues, oh, not necessarily definitely. the environment, but some Rashford some of them and, had and Sterling, Rashford and, and Sterling and, and Henderson, and and mm-hmm. you can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, about important issues, they've been brave enough to step forward, which is in the current climate and the way with social media and all that, mm-hmm. it's very easy to, you know, put your head on the parapet and get it chopped off. So oh, yeah. it's I, I full of admiration for them. It's young, they're kids as well. Yeah, yeah, That's no, no, no I agree really with you. I, I agree with you. And then, and there is there is a feeling that 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 a lot of the stuff that say UEFA or FIFA or clubs do to tick boxes. Um, they're doing just because of corporate governance, because you have yeah. to do these things yeah. as, as a yeah. firm. You you have no option but to um, uh, 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 discourage racism, sexism, homophobia, blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. But the players are clearly properly well, involved. I mean, football gets obviously there's always racism around football, but actually, you know, the, the thing that the football probably doesn't get out there well enough is that they're actually an unbelievably brilliant example of how we can all live together different yeah, ethnic groups yeah. look at the dressing rooms yeah, yeah. no one looks around the dressing room going well he's 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 black and he's you know he's yeah, asian yeah. or he's yeah, this yeah. and he's that you go you know Iki's a really good player he's a brilliant winger he can press yeah. and they're actually such a harmonious attitude atmosphere mm-hmm. amongst the players it's actually joyous yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to get the isolated example that well, something will raise its head in a, in a football match somewhere at some point. Yeah. But generally, obviously, it's, it's more the surrounding it and people on social media. But, are they, but it's always called football racism. But it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in football itself, it's a pop, you know, the administrative side of the game could needs to look at it because yeah. obviously, the, you know, it's all yeah. it's predominantly white and exactly middle middle age. And but managers, the actual yeah. game itself yeah. and managers and it's it's gradually changing very yeah. gradually and i think it will hopefully continue to to even out but the game itself footballers i mean probably mainly obviously because um 
it's all about ability. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a good player. You're yeah, not. Yeah, player. Exactly. And you know yeah. whether you can rely on yeah. a teammate or not. Yeah. And no. I guess it, you know, it must be one of the great uh, pleasures of, of playing football is being being part of a large unit of people and getting on, rubbing it's, along. It's, in the, that's it. In the it's ways one of the. You, it's one of the things that you know. People always say, "Oh, you must really miss that." I mean, we have a similar thing in in with when I work in television, whether it's match of the day, it's a lot smaller unit, but yeah. you still have that bantery, nonsensical yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. camaraderie, whatever you want to call it. The only thing you can't ever replace, ever, there's nothing else that, that it's impossible to find in life, is the scoring of a big goal or winning a big oh, game. Right. I thought you were going to say swearing. <laughs> no, I can still fucking swear. I mean, anyone can at any point, really. I mean, but, I yeah, love no, but swearing when it adds emphasis. It's but really scoring important. a goal. But scoring the, a goal, you can't go out. Just... And people use that silly thing, don't they? Oh, it, it's, is it better than sex? Well, I mean... You can't have it any time you want, but you can kind of know that you can yeah, have sex. I think at some watching point. watching a goal know you're ever going to score sex. a big Absolutely, <laughs> well, I agree. And the way that cab driver was looking at you, I think you probably was way better than sex. <laughs> sex. Yeah, and it kind of lasts. Yeah. And it's the euphoria lasts. Yeah. A little and it's forty-five minutes each way. You get a brass band at half time. I thank you. Oh, you not anymore. I'll just only come back to you and the nature of play. You get a brass band as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was the only person that did that. Well, it's a record. To he's be been honest. using the same. Yeah. He's been using the same eight-track cassette. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say years ago I could afford the real thing, but now now he's just blowing a trumpet. The blues and twos. <laughs> he's got a kazoo. Now, the, 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 in the nature of fame, Chris, of course, wrote a play um, with, Arthur Smith. with Arthur Smith. With Arthur Smith, about you, and I, and I, I know. know that Chris has has some queries. I, know, I just I, I well, I wanted to go back to Italia '90 yeah. and what a what a tremendous game that semi-final you were in it. was. Yeah, Nick was you in were it. In it. Yeah. I was in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, it all came from. I mean, I, I, I people will know this, but uh, um, the origins of an even Garanica, which is basically a, a play about yeah. a group of people in a hotel room in Mallorca watching the England semi-final against West yeah. Germany, the one that went to penalties, blah blah blah. Um, and it came from obviously we were in a hotel room in Mallorca with Arthur and with a couple yeah. of other friends, and Caroline, Caroline and Bob Mills and yeah. Sarah and our yeah, friend yeah. of us. And Arthur came up with the idea of making a play out of that. Yeah. Um, and so obviously we wrote a part for for Nick, which. Was was basically Nick, which was basically a... a, 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 a I, I was very unhappy with the reviews that said, unconvincing. <laughs> I'm just very, very, I'm very thrilled and I'm say thank you for oh, actually no. well, saying it was, it was an evening with, with Gary Lineker rather than Paul Gascoigne, who's the obvious one, I would have well, thought. no, I didn't I mean, know about that. I mean, the, the play originally was called, when we were first writing it, the play was just an called... An evening with that twat Gary Lineker. No, it was just called Gary Lineker. I've got the script. It was oh, just better. It's just called Gary Lineker. They put an evening with on to try yeah, and to try and to try and make it seem like a theatre show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. You were so supportive of that at the I time. Mean, I remember when it came to the um, the opening night. And yeah, was, yeah. And um, it was just after George, not long after yes, George Taylor, well, and you, yes. I, you were very sweet and came through my agents who said, "Well, you know, if he's uncomfortable with it, we'll just squash it." And I said, "No, no." And um, I came along, and he kindly made a donation or something, I think, to the Leukemia Research or Great Ormond Street, mm-hmm. but, um, which was sweet. And I, but I, I do remember going to watch it, and every time I was kind of mentioned or there was some kind yeah. of joke or whatever yeah, yeah. my expense, the whole audience would look for my reaction. Yeah. I was just going kind of That's him there, slightly you know? more embarrassed <laughs> and flushed all the time. No, I should talk yeah, yeah. about the... Yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> do you, you remember the uh, coming with all the England squad mm. that time? Mm. With, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was Graham, Graham Taylor. It was Graham it? Taylor, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. And what I wanted to ask you, I, I don't know if you'd even remember, but when Nick and I, Nick and I were in the play, obviously, at the time, yeah. in uh, the Duchess Theatre, yeah. and uh, we we heard, oh yeah, you'd come and you'd come with Will Carling and Simon Mayo, I think, yeah. And, yeah. and said, oh, I'll bring the England team and uh, yeah. go on an outing, kind of thing. And we heard that this was happening, and then that it wasn't happening, and then that it was happening, yeah. and then that it wasn't happening, kind of and blah blah blah. <laughs> and I, I just wanted was Graham Taylor kind of using it in a sort of stick carrot sort of way. So you, and I'm which way round did it work? Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you don't train, if you don't train better than this, I'm going to take you to that bloody play. <laughs> I think it was a little bit of that. I think, yeah. it was, I think it was probably more that, that Graham said, no, we're definitely going to the play and the players are off. Oh, we've got to go and sit in a theatre. Exactly. What's a theatre? <laughs> I very vividly remember a that. Play? A play? The, 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 Nick and I were waiting outside and we didn't know whether you, the, the team were coming or whether you and the yeah. team were coming or not because it had been so on, yeah. off, on, off. Yeah. And then the coach pulled up 
with the smoke windows. Was it different performing with the England team there or not? Yes. And the, <laughs> and the, uh, the door opened and you all sort of jogged out in a... In a, in a, in a, in a formation? In a, yeah. Didn't yeah. we? 4-4-2, four, four, yeah. probably knowing Graham Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and jogged straight across the, the, uh, the foyer down into, yeah. and, and into the third row. And yeah. we're all in the third row, apart from two, two in the row behind, one of which I remember being Nigel Clough. Good memory. I mean, yeah, I yeah. because stuff we, like that. We, well, because we sit on the stage and the spill, the was light he with spill. His dad? Thing. Mm. <laughs> no, and uh, I remember very vividly Graham Taylor and Alan Ball and Peter Bonetti sitting at the back like teachers on a school trip they weren't yes. they weren't sitting with the players they were sitting at the back enjoy yourselves lads but we can see you we can, uh, no misbehaving now <laughs> well you would that's probably not that and we can see, yes, <laughs> yes it was, it was very the truth to be it fair. was very uh, different yeah because we were looking and you know i could always see the audience you know and in oh, yeah. Uh, but it's very difficult be, being able to see, you know, Tony Adams and yeah. David Rocastle sat together. Yeah. You know? it's, <laughs> it's very distracting to see that. I can imagine it is. And, no, uh, yeah. But what I wanted to ask you was about because um, in that squad, um, Stuart Pearce wasn't in that squad because he was injured. And of course, the the play leads up to the worst moment of Stuart Pearce's life. Yes. And apparently, Nigel Clough was there, as I said, and Nigel Clough clocked this and took Stuart Pearce to see it in Nottingham, apparently, when it was on tour, and didn't tell him what was going to happen. And like you were saying, when you came to see it, uh, everyone's going, every time your name is mentioned. And, you know, everyone in the theatre in Nottingham obviously knows Stuart Pearce is there (laughs) and they know what's going on. They had a sense of what might happen. They're watching, you know. And Stuart Pearce, as the penalties start, apparently Stuart Pearce was gripping the arms of his chair, (laughs) his knuckles. And this is bad news for the chair. He's about to to witness the worst, you know, relive the worst moment of his life. Oh, God, that's cruel. But of course, in the play, uh, you know, the character that I played it would go, well, who's this one? It's Stuart Pearce. He looks really nervous. And the audience went, Ooh. <laughs> and they're all really nervous because Stuart Pierce is there, yeah. and they're all looking at Stuart. To be honest, Pierce I'm really nervous whenever I sit anywhere near Stuart Pierce, <laughs> <laughs> except when I played against him. And then in the play, it goes and Pierce has scored, and it's yeah. the start of a flight of fancy where we where we win the game. And, and apparently, when Pierce scored, yeah. Stuart Pierce stood up both fists <laughs> yeah, and brilliant. did the face, did the redemption face yeah, from yeah. Euro '96 yeah. no, before yeah. Euro '96, but the the uh, that face. Yeah, that's that's. Chinese permanent face. <laughs> I mean, you can't see this in this podcast, but it's like grimacing. And it's funny, the only time I ever saw Stuart Pierce laugh mm. um, was it, it, I was playing. Had he killed someone? Close to. <laughs> close to. It was um, Nottingham Forest um, versus Leicester uh, versus Tottenham. Yeah. And I was in the wall, and he was a free kick, mm. and he splattered this free kick straight in my bollocks. <laughs> and I went down like this, and he was. He came over and he just looked up and he was laughing. He was got the crowd going. Wasn't in the cup, wasn't in the cup final, was it? No, it was no, no it was um, it was um, up Forest. No, yeah, it was yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, it wasn't the cup final. It's good. It's good that he's got a good sense of humour, though. No, he has got yeah, a good yeah. sense. Of he's great. Talking about Nick's it. character being based on him. You know, our friend Chris Rowe yes. went and auditioned for a a, 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 a different production. You know, later because they're, yeah. they're still they're still doing. Now. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah. get people sending me. Can yeah, you? Yeah, you my know. son went to see one in Rotherham last yeah. year, just before the before the lockdown. But uh, Chris went. One. Chris went. Yeah, Chris went to audition to be to be essentially Nick and he's known Nick for yeah. decades you know. yeah. he thought I know how to do this and he went in and did it as Nick yeah. went in exa- and the director went oh no that's not it at all <laughs> but it was marginally better than your performance yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's, always, it's, always that, it's always that yeah. thing you run her up in your own look slightly more convincing um, I just wanted to very quickly go to, uh, yeah. to, to a story about fame because w- when I got married I went on my honeymoon and, and so to, to get real life for me to get an idea of how it must be mm. for you. Um, we went to Mallorca for our honeymoon, and at six o'clock on the first morning, the guy who was, we had a villa, the guy, he, he turned up with this big basket of food. Six o'clock in the morning, okay, after the first night of my, of my married life, and he said, <laughs> We just bought you this food. We just bought you this food. And I said, Okay, uh, thanks, thanks very much. Um, uh, Brilliant. Um, and then he looks at me and goes, Will Gary Lineker be coming? <laughs> and, I, and I said, It's my fucking honeymoon. <laughs> and certainly not at this time of the bloody morning. Well, I'm still, but, still to this day, marginally disappointed that I didn't get an invite. Well, actually, yeah, nearly <laughs> everybody else came. But there's a story about, about there's always somebody who's more famous than you. Isn't oh, there? right. And, yes. And that, you had a holiday. Something happened to you, didn't you? I, yes. I'm, I'm, it was. Um, 
It was, I was married to Michelle at the time. Two of our kids were quite young. We were at holiday um, in Sardinia. And um, it was the summer and it was af- post-Italian 90. So there's always a lot of interest, you know, blah, blah, blah. Had many times, paparazzi on holiday, etc. So anyway, we go to this lovely hotel. And we're, there's a small little pool at the end, where the kiddies' pool, because the kids were really young. So, so it must have been about mid nineties, I think. It was probably just after I finished my career, and um, we're just lying by the pool. The kids are playing, um, and there's another couple of little kids in there, and another couple over there. And then there was a little bush at the end where the before the beach and a little kind of hedgerow. And I'm looking up there. Suddenly, saw this big zoom lens peeped up over the the, the hedge. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, bloody hell, the bloody paparazzi here. This is a pain in the ass. I'm like the little kids and trying to yeah, sunbathe and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up it comes again. And Michelle goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, you'll get bored in a minute. And then he'll piss off. And he went, all right. So he goes up again. It's like 10, 15, 20 minutes. So she said, this, this is real. I said, I'll go and have a word. So I get up, right? So I start to walk towards <laughs> this paparazzi guy. And as I'm about halfway towards him, I'm just about to say something. And this guy runs past me and he's gone, you st- hey, man, stop taking pictures of my chip. And I'm oh, shit. Oh, it was John Bon Jovi. They weren't after me at all. Not the slightest bit. They had no idea who I was. Can you imagine if he'd have waited 10 seconds later and I've gone to the guy, stop taking pictures of you. And he's gone, who are you? You're blocking my view of You're John Bon Jovi's exactly, children. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And did you become mates after that? We, 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 funnily enough, we had dinner that, that one, the night later. He didn't know who I was and I... I didn't obviously recognise him <laughs> idiotically. Um, but your kids got on very well. Uh, yeah, the kids, were, yeah, the kids yeah. got on well, and they. I think we had dinner one night. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks very much, Gary. And big news for the it's listeners: we've got John Bon Jovi next week. <laughs> so that's a relief. We're going to really pick I'm up in the new again, once again. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much for Absolute coming pleasure. in. Love to see uh, you both. Don't okay. forget to get your friends to download, uh, review it, do whatever you want. But uh, we've had a great time, <laughs> with Gary. You thank want. you very much. Absolute well, pleasure. Like so fair. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.